Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Monday, September 25th, 2023. And today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 156, the first paragraph. One morning we took the bull by the horns, ending in, in his line of business unpacking the one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Craig F., Kathy F., Chris G., Chris W., Anita L., the newcomer greeter, Colleen M., and the host for the second awesome unreported hour, Chandler C. The reference numbers for, yes, reference number for yesterday, Sunday special edition on September 24, 2023, is 20,671. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees from members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Chris W. to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Chris. Hi, this is Chris W. Chris with a K from Tennessee. Um, Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol or food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Came to believe, or number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct demands to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we're wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me serve. Thank you so much, Chris W. I will now ask 
for Anita L. to read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Anita. Good morning, everybody. Here are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn, excuse me, into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody, and I pass. Thank you so much, Anita L. Alrighty, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book. We are in the chapter of Vision for You on page 156, the first paragraph. And I'm going to ask Craig F. to get us started. Go ahead, Craig. All right. This is Craig F. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. 
One morning, he took the bull by the horns and set out to tell those he feared what his trouble had been. He found himself surprisingly well-received and learned that many knew of his drinking. Stepping into his car, he made the rounds of people he had hurt. He trembled as he went about, for this might mean ruin, particularly to a person in his line of business. Okay. Of course, we're talking about Dr. Bob here. And uh, after Bill had, uh, had had met with him and talked to him, and after he'd gone and had a another uh, uh, one last spree to end all sprees, now he's out and he's making amends. Uh, Doctor Bob had been uh, going around uh, the uh, Oxford Group for a couple of years at this point, but he'd not really fessed up to anybody that he that what his problem had been and 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 obviously he hadn't made his amends you know he he just hung around and and because of that he had not recovered and and you know how many times have we seen this um you know i've seen so many people they stall out at either step four you know uh, uh doing their inventory or they stall out at making their amends, or they stall out when they get to when it comes to doing step twelve to reach to sponsoring and reaching out to other people, uh, and because those are the steps that, that especially at first take courage. You know, they they, they it takes taking the bull by the horns, and I don't know if you've ever had a bull by the horns. I have, and uh, they're a pretty strong animal, and I wouldn't want to be in that position. Uh, you don't control them, they control you. And this situation, uh, Bill was afraid is going to control him. Um, so, but he went, but he did it anyway. You know, he, he faced that fear that people uh, were going to, um, uh, you know, lash out at him, that people were going to never come to him again. He was a doctor, particularly a urologist. And, you know who wants your doctor to be a drunk? You know who wants to who, who wants to take that chance that maybe he's uh, uh, gonna do something in, in, in uh, you know a moment of poor judgment that's gonna hurt you and and so people people he's right to be afraid that, that it's gonna hurt his business. But what he learned over two years was that he couldn't stay sober unless he did this. You know, he, he had a history that had taught him that he, that he was not going to be able to stay sober unless he took the bull by the horns, unless he faced his fear, unless he did what was uncomfortable and uh, uh, admitted to, to who he was and what he had done. And, uh, you know, he trembled when he went about, it says, you know, and sometimes we have to do things even when we're trembling. And and uh, we have to do them because we can't go backwards. Uh, you know, to go backwards is to die. And uh, it, it might mean ruin. But he had to have some, he had to exercise some faith at this point. Some okay. faith that God would, good, faith that God would work things out. And uh, and he did it. And I'm really excited to hear what everybody else has to say. So I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Craig F., for getting us started.
Okay, although we value your experience, strength, and help, um, if you shared on either Thursday or Friday of last week, we ask that you step aside. We're just saying every couple of days so that everyone has a chance to share their experience, strength, and hope. All right, who would like to share what was read? Melissa C. Melissa C. Melissa C. Who was before Charles that? Charles H. Loretta, Loretta A. Janet. Janet, and Shanna I got C. Charles. Shanna C. That's who it was. Charles Shanna C. I think it was Janet D. Charles H. Okay, who else? I've got Melissa C. Janet Heidi B. L. Charles from Toronto. H. Amy, you have Loretta A. Heidi L. No, I didn't get you. All right, great, Loretta. I have you now. Thank you, sweet. Hi there, Heidi L. from Toronto. Heidi, I got you. Vasa O. Vasa. All right, Melissa C, Charles H, Shanna C, Heidi L, Loretta H, Avasa O. Probably take one or two more if anyone wants to chime in. All righty. Melissa C, you're up. Please go ahead. Yeah, hi. Thanks, Amy, for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and, um, you know, I read this, and I think, um, thank God the steps are done in order for me, you know, because um, this step, uh, you know, in my understanding, really requires um, a trust and reliance on God like I've never had before because, um, you know, I've I've worshipped, like, my reputation, and how you think about me, what your opinions are of me. This, you know, alongside with, like, worshiping food, you know, um, kept me doing anything necessary to get what I thought was going to feel good to protect myself. And, you know, um, when I made, the, like, my hard amends, um, or even, like, today when I make an amends, you know, when I take this position of complete humility, I, you know, I say, like, I am wrong. I regret my behavior. Here's what I did, and here's my plan to correct it. You know, I want, I want to fix it. I want to make it right as best I can. What I find is that I'm actually setting myself free. You know, he, he was, he was afraid. I've been afraid. And that fear of being found out and the fear of um, of others knowing, like, this thing about me, um, when I fess up to it, I'm actually, like, I'm opening up the cage. I'm setting myself free. And this is the action where I show, you know, God. For me, I really believe this is where I tell God, I'm yours and I trust you. And I'm no longer in charge of keeping myself safe. Um, certainly not at the expense of being dishonest and hurting other people. And, you know, what I find through this program, this is such a beautiful way of life. More and more, my integrity is far more important to me than my reputation. Not all the time. I'd be a liar if I said I didn't care what other people think of me. Of course I do. 
but I've had to make amends to people in my workplace, um, and I was terrified of what they were going to think of me and what they were going to say about me until I did it. And then once I did it, um, you know, I actually felt um, I was received, you know, warmly and kindly. And whether or not these people have spoken about me, that was my fear that they were going to talk about me behind my back and everyone would know what I did. I don't care anymore. (laughs) I don't understand how that worked. But somehow not caring anymore gave me freedom from the food as well. And I feel closer to my creator. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Melissa C. All right, Charles H., you're up. Please go ahead, followed by Shanna C. Thank you very much, Amy G., for your service. I'm Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, it's gory taking the bull by the horns. Um, But here's the good news. You know, get off the struggle bus and get in the car. I think he talks about stepping into his car, too. He made the rounds. Like, who cares about what other people think? What about inner peace? What about gratitude? What about acceptance, right? Do it scared because, you know, I dare myself to go around this big book entirely and look at the time periods they talk about, two days later, at once. You know, the next paragraph talks about at midnight. He did the work. And, you know, for people that's that's spinning, you know, spinning in their car and it's not going nowhere, get out the car and get in the bus. I don't care what people say. It don't take 100 years to, to do this work. It's just the consistency trumps the intensity. You could be, I could be on fire for this program and for, for certain specific meetings. I'm on fire for the program, you know, one day at a time. I don't have to do what everybody else is doing. Just because everybody else is going one way don't mean I'm going the wrong way. I just need – they feared – he feared the trouble. He feared what people were going to think. You know, when I, when, when I set aside – and weigh and measure what people think about me, people don't even think about you. Tell you the truth, it's inner peace. It's doing the work, right? Even even at the expense of ruining my reputation. I'm here because I'm not all there. But I could do the work. Just, just a snap of the finger, the disease can hit me. Another snap of the finger, I could be recovered, and I could continue to do the work. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Charles H. Shanna C., you're up. Good morning. Uh, thank you, Amy, so much for your service. This is Shanna C. from uh, a Grateful Recover Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. Uh, already an awesome meeting, and I, <laughs> the timing couldn't be any more perfect. I swear, um, God, oh, these steps in the consciousness of my creator at work in my life and in the lives of others, it's just astounding. <clears throat> And when great events happen, it's just, it, it keeps me coming back. That's just what it keeps me coming back. And case in point, last night I had the opportunity to be around a, a family member, mother-in-law, uh, you know, like other people had mentioned, you know, the worship of other people. Um, and, you know, and just, uh, you take away, you take away the, the, the addictive substance, you know, that craving beyond my mental control is I desperately crave the understanding, companionship, and approval and the desire to connect, but I have no idea how to do that uh, because left to my own devices, I don't know how to do anything to push people away because I'm so selfish and self-centered. Um, but this has taught me a new way to live, a new way to think. 
Um, but last night I got, see, I've made amends to my mother-in-law years and years ago. And, and to that amend, she, she says, I was like, what can I do to make things right? She says, do not make amends to me anymore. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, snap. I just, she goes, I don't understand why you can't just be happy. I don't understand why you got to go to these meetings. I don't understand why you got to do these steps. I don't want to hear anything about it anymore. That threw me out of the office, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm, okay. And I went and cried to my sponsor and did a 10-step on that. And so my amends to her was to not make direct amends to anymore. But that doesn't change the fact that I need to live an amended life around her. And I got to do that last night. And she's one that constantly criticizing, why do you eat the way you do? Why do you, I just don't understand? Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, this kind of thing. And I'm just... Last night, we had a friendly conversation because all this week, I was I felt led in my spirit to be kind and loving and appreciative and to really be prayerful, prayerful for her. And I got the opportunity last night to express my truth. She goes, I just, she goes, it seems like you deprive yourself of so much. I don't understand why, you know, and I said, I'm not normal. I cannot eat like a normal person. Other people can turn it off and on. I, I just am incapable. I've tried to do it for 40 years, and I, I can't do it. If I could have, I would have. So I gave up, and it just stopped it. It was like this dark cloud just lifted. And uh, I don't know what that means, but all I know is from once I was able to face that hideous four horsemen and that need for approval and acceptance from my mother-in-law, and it didn't matter in that moment because I knew I was safe and protected. God was with me. It was amazing. I'm getting cheerful about it. So anyway, and I didn't have to be mean about it either. So I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful that I get to be free and I get to eat the way that I do and I get to be what God created me to be today. Thank God for this program. That's all I have. Thank you so much, Shanna C. All right, Heidi L., you're up, followed by Loretta H., Hey there, my name is Heidi L. I am a compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Um, I think I'm in trouble. Um, my, I have a lot of health issues right now, and I don't quite know how to deal with them all. I'm getting older, as we all are, um, but I'm feeling quite a bit of fear, and um, the food is calling to me. I know that this is the right place. Obviously, I know that this is the right place for me to be. I'm grateful to all of you. I'm 100% certain that I will get phone calls and people will talk to me. And I I have the tools. I just need to use them. Um, I am afraid. God has done wonderful things for me. God will continue to do wonderful things for me. I have some time in the next week or so to come to this meeting and to be in my moments that I need to be in. And thank you all very, very much. Thank you, Heidi L. Prayers going out to you, my friend. Okay, Loretta H. followed by Vasa O. Please go ahead, Loretta. Amy, thank you very much, and all of you, along with my precious God, who is saving my life, Loretta H. Recovered in North Carolina. I love the idea of the bull with the horn, and Bill Bill is such a prolific writer. You know, he talks about getting the bit in our mouth, and that's kind of where, you know, eight and nine come in with 
Uh, I've never had a bull, you know, or been around a bull, but I have been around horses. And the bit in the mouth is so that you can get stable, you know, and the horse is stable and he knows um, a discipline. And this step is about discipline Um, and also about love. You know, it's about being who you are and showing that you um, have, as somebody else mentioned, that humility. And so I had two amends that were really hard. One was to my church or my religion because I had very contemptuous, very ugly states of mind and speak about it. And I actually went to a priest and um, shared that with him. He was so wonderful. He was just, in fact, today I call myself a recovered Catholic because of it. He was just, and then the other one was um, to my husband. And this was, I did a um, 50-year step work on my marriage. And one of the things I did during my disease was I went out because I ate three containers of ice cream at 3 o'clock in the morning to run it. I actually got attacked. And, um, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't cause that, but I caused him a lot of pain and a lot of concern and a lot of, um, mistrust. And so when I did that, I did it as a loving experience that I had brought him. He was caught and there was, you know, a lot of good things happened, but it also gave my husband a lot of pain and a lot of concern. And I had to make amends for that because um, that was my part. That was my part where, you know, no sane person goes out and runs at three o'clock in the morning. So anyway, I it was a great experience because my husband, of course, was very loving again. So these two um, steps are about sharing love and the discipline of this work with another human being and and changing, just change is a great, great, great love experience. Because if you're in God's trust fund, which is my step three, the change makes me a better person. You know, and and I always tell my sponsees about step eight and nine is just do it like step five because you should be afraid, more afraid not to do it. And with that, I pass. I really thank you. I thank God and everybody. And I love these steps because they have saved my life. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Loretta. Um, Before we go to Vasa, just a friendly reminder, we are on page 156, the first paragraph. One morning, you took the bull by the horn. Okay. So we're going to take Vasa and then some more names. Go ahead, Vasa. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Amy, for your service. And I'm Vasa. Grateful, grateful recovered compulsive overeater calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I like the bull, but I take the bull by the horn. We have bulls down the street from us, and I Took my, I still take my grandkids every once in a while to look at them, and they're big, huge with the horns, and we bring some food, food for them, and then they come very aggressively. You know, we have to be careful. But anyways, that's the way I felt when I came in recovery. You know, I needed, 
I, you know, I had been in the food addiction for so long, so many years, and I needed to take it seriously because I didn't want to die. And if I kept going the way I was going, I'd be dead today. I'd be a crazy woman. I don't know where I would be today. So, um, well, again, I'm grateful for my Abby that she said to me, I needed to find a power greater than myself, you know, to be working the, you know, I started with my abstinence, you know. I remember getting on my knees and saying, God, please help me. I can't do this by myself. And I remember her saying, just, we only do this one day at a time. And that took the pressure of me that I didn't have to do it for the rest of my life. You can do it one day at a time. She said, Vasa, can't you? I said, sure, I can. I can do it one day at a time. And then one time at a time, one another day, another time. It was much more doable. So, and then I was ready and to willing to work the rest of the steps the way they laid out because my motivation was I didn't want to go back to the food addiction. So, yes, I needed to go through the steps the way they laid out and, yeah, to step eight and nine. But I remember before I came to step eight and nine thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? You know, this is going to be embarrassing or afraid. And my sponsor said, you know, you're not even there yet. So don't even think and worry about it. When you get, God is going to get you ready. Your higher power is going to let you, going to lead you there. She always pointed me to a higher power, to God. Where is God this in situation, Vasa? You know, always, always appointment. I'm grateful. So, yes, I did make my amends. It was very difficult at the beginning. It was very scary, but I did that to the best of my ability. I think the most important amendment I needed to go to my husband, somehow I thought, you know, he should fix me or he should make me happy over the years. I was going to divorce him. I was going to find somebody else. Thank you. I bet that's my time. Thank you for letting me share. I'm still married to him. And still going strong. I I have a wonderful husband. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Actually, you had three seconds to go, so no problem. All right. So who else would like to share on what was read? Rosanne. Natalie. Natalie. Andy T. Dawn K. Anita J. Anita J. Who is that from New York? Marie R. New York. Marie R. All right, so here's who I have. I missed a bunch of people in the beginning, but I got Russ M., Natalie S., Andy P, Don K, Anita J, Marie R. Who who did I miss? Maybe I got everybody when you came in after that. All right. We have Russ M, Natalie S, Andy P, Don K, Anita J, Maria R. Russ, you are up. Please go ahead. Good morning, Amy. Russ Amrick, Covenant Composable Overeater from uh, Norristown, PA. So, first and foremost, you know, I'm a street kid. I don't know nothing about any bulls. The only bull I know is coming out of my mouth. 
So this is hard work. This is humbling and even in some cases humiliating work, which, uh, you know, that's the closest way of getting uh, holy or being good is getting humiliated. It changes things. Well, it did for me. I can't speak for everybody else. And when I think of this, sure, there's plenty of men's I didn't want to do because those people did me wrong. I had to retaliate and I had to put their ass in their place. But that ain't how it works, man. You know, I was talking to my brother from New York this week, and we got into it that, you know, we get to do this. We are blessed by God to live this way of life. You know, I'm fighting, scratching, and clawing, not wanting to do the stuff that got me free. Right? Right? The stuff that me this life now I'm too big for I know Dr. Bob this was his star but if I don't continue on doing this if I don't continue on making amends doing 10 steps working with others sponsoring people doing service I'm just as dead as I was I just I'm not in the food so it's hard work we get to do it you know I get to serve my wife I get to run my kids around. I get to play music. I get to be on this meeting. God graces us with this. But you got to do the hard work. It's connected. It's connected. The gratitude, which I lack. In my life, I think everybody owes me something. So that, that making amends, it's like I get to do that. I get to get my rear end kicked. So I can be free and stay free. So that's what this this pass has brought up to me. So y'all y'all have a beautiful day. I love you. Yep. Bye. Thank you so much, Russ M. Natalie S. You're up. Followed by Andy P. Please go ahead. Thanks. Uh, this is Natalie S. And I am from Arizona, um, but currently I am 1,800 miles east. Uh, in Indiana, and uh, I am recovering every day, and um, what I wanted to share about related to this where, you know, Bill takes the bull by the horns is that I came here with mixed emotions because my dad is dying, he's in hospice, and as I've been here just about 10 days now, of course, there's lots of family, and I I recovered nine months in Arizona by myself for the most part, and I have not had to be in the the mix of my children who are resentful for other reasons. My my mom who's just dealing with her situation, my dad and his, my sister and her family, and all these things I walked into immediately in one day and. Not to mention, oh, by the way, you know, my my dad is my connection to this family and he's going to be gone. God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And how do I stay recovered? And so I'm just, I'm just grateful that even here, the people that got me into the program nine months ago are here and helping me. And, um, yeah, I had to take the bull by the horns. I had to step into this situation. I had to be encouraged and do the work. And as I learned to do that work and and work this program as part of my life, 
There was a little miracle that I wanted to share with you yesterday as I turned 55. So um, I did not go in with the expectation that anybody cared about my birthday, let alone me being alive. And um, I walked in and to my surprise, my niece, who's 27 and getting married, said, you know, let's have, have lunch together. What would you like? I have not been asked that question in probably 10 years. What would you like? How do we honor you? And I'm like, well, you know, we can grill. We all love to eat grilled food. And I knew that was on my plan. And then, um, so I I was so blessed by that um, unexpectedly and how God graces my efforts. And I was able to thank her and my brother for the work that they did to to make that happen. And as we started, my other brother-in-law was like, what is that, a food scale? He's kind of like that, right? And I was so grateful that I didn't get resentful at him. I said, yeah. He's like, what, is it, what do you do that for? I said, well, you know, it just really um, helps me understand what I'm eating so that I eat the right amount. Oh, okay. I didn't expect that either, right? So along the way, as we take the bull by the horns, as this says, and we do do the steps, we get back, for me, get back into service and get back into the nitty-gritty of this program, even while all this is happening, Time. I see that, thank you, I see that it can um, and it will save me and it will restore these relationships because I'm committed to being here through the end of the year and that scares me to death. But with all of you um, and the program, I know I can do that. Thank you for the extra few seconds and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Natalie S. All right, Andy P., you're up, followed by Don K. It's Andy T. as in Tom. Um, okay. Thank you for your service. Uh, yeah, I, I just think making these amends is just such a beautiful way of living. Uh, the one I wanted to talk about mostly was uh, my father, uh, because of the program, uh, I made amends with him, and also he grew up kind of old school, so he never said I love you and, and uh, never hugged. And because of the program, I started, I, I made amends, and I started hugging him. And uh, so this is as an adult. And uh, so I'd go visit, and when I went to leave, he'd be standing by the door, you know, waiting for his hug. And uh, it was really cool. And But I kind of had a resentment because he never said, I love you. And uh, the particular day I was there, he, uh, I gave him his hug and left. And, uh, and he came out on the steps and he said, hey, son, would you like some string beans? I said, sure, Dad. So he went in the freezer, got me some string beans. And when I drove away, it was like, you know what? Your dad just said I loved you. And I started seeing it all the time because of this program. And we had really a good relationship because of me making amends to him. And one day he died of a heart attack instantly. So we didn't even know he was sick. So all of a sudden he was gone. And I was so grateful for this program because I didn't have to go to his grave and and make amends like I know some people have had to do. And uh, these steps are like people have talked about the freedom and uh, and the other amends, I just wanted to, I used to build handcrafted log homes, and I would spend the whole day 
uh, with a chainsaw sawing towards my legs. So you need to stay pretty focused. <laughs> and I still have my toes. And I'd have an argument with my wife and I'd take off for work. And just, I had about a 20 minute drive and I just knew I had to make amends, even selfishly, just so to clean the slate. And I would always do that, you know, because of cell phones, I could call her. And, and even if I was like 99% right, I could do my 1% and just everything is fine then. And uh, I could work and not cut off my leg. So it is scary making amends, but it's a real freedom. So, you know, once you start doing it, it's just, it's, it's just, uh, it's a good way of life. So anyway, thank you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Andy T. Uh, Don K, followed by Anita J. Please go ahead, Don. Hi, good morning, everyone. I'm Don K. I am grateful, newly recovered, uh, compulsive overeater. Um, I'm grateful for all these shares and this this reading this morning. Um, I really the these steps have made such a difference for me because it's been in the honesty um, of it all that it's completely freed me. You know, they, we talk about it's not about the food. It is really not about the food because for me those those secrets that I finally released with these steps um, are what I had been trying to stuff down for so, so many years. And I didn't know that until I was free of them when I had finally shared them and uh, addressed them. And, uh, you know, and when we talk about taking the bull by the horns, you know, I think of it, when I visualize that, it's a very, very active, sweaty kind of thing. But to me, doing these steps and, and working away has been almost like a meditation more than it's like being like like a like a keto more than a wrestling. It feels very much like um, letting go while also holding on like this balance between those two and the letting go is to my higher power. And being able to do that immediately in every situation so far that I can think of, it's been miraculous. It's been just by having that willingness to um, be honest and to look at myself and um, to be here for others, I, I'm rewarded. And just a simple example of that was um, I have felt the need to uh, make amends to my children for my eating behavior and the way that it it affected their lives. Um, And, you know, the message that I got back was around doing a living amends with them. And um, so an example was yesterday I was trying to be very controlling. My son hadn't been reaching out. Um, And I was bothered by that and angry, and I was going to have this big (coughs) whole script of how we needed to handle this. And then I went for my meditation walk, and it came back, you know, I got this. You know, God took it. And my son called, and not only did he call, we talked for, you know, a good 45 minutes. And then not only that, but he's decided to come home for the weekend um, in the next 
two weeks or so. I, that's more than I could have asked for. I didn't expect that. That wasn't anything that I planned or it was not on my script. So I just know that following God, thank you. Following God's plan is I, there's so much better that comes. So I'm grateful for these steps and for all of you. Thank you. Thank you, Don K. All right, Anita J, followed by Marie R, and then we might have time for maybe one or two. We'll see. Please go ahead, Anita. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amy. This is Anita J, recovered in Massachusetts. You know, when my oldest grandchild was two, I would do anything for him. My husband, too, you know. Um, and he kept saying, cow, cow. He wanted to see a cow. By God, we found him a whole herd of cows. And I put him on a little tree stump there to stare at them. And while we were looking, I saw beyond them, he was put in his own little pen, in, not a little pen, in a pen, a bull. And, and that bull looked ominous and threatening, and he was kept apart from the cows. And somehow that, that kind of was how I felt about facing issues squarely. Taking the bull by the horn seemed very ominous. I didn't expect positive results, but my expectations have always been uh, misplaced, mis screwed up, you know, based on fear. Fear, you know, healthy fear around a bull would be good, but around my amends and the people I may have hurt or not hurt, that should not be ominous. And with God's help, it's not ominous. And what a freedom. What a freedom. I'm a... Uh, just very grateful, and I see these cows. They know, they know that uh, that bull is is not going to hurt them, and that's how I feel. They they know that it's it's put away. It's it's in a way that it can't get to them. I feel that way without a fence or a gate. It's God is the fence and the gate, and um, He keeps things. He keeps things ship shape in my life as long as I include them in it. And why wouldn't I? And with that, I'm very, very grateful and I pass. Thank you so much, Anita J. Uh, Marie R., please go ahead. Hi, I'm Marie R. from New York. Um, that's so many things that of everybody shares, you know, people talking about family members and parents and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I'm very close to this step. And, um, you know, I've, like has been said, I have gotten to so many levels of, of these steps and, and backed out, you know, because I just reason afraid, you know, afraid, afraid, afraid of everything. Um, I did wind up making um, one amends last year, and then I just was doing a 10th step, and I, I just wasn't understanding the whole thing and stopped again. But um, I'm, 
you know, I, I, I feel grateful that I will be able to do this and move forward this time. I, I feel that I'm going to do it this time. I have to, um, you know, one amends I've been putting off was, you know, my mother's sister. You know, she helped out a lot when my mother got sick at 53. She died and, um, you know, my brother and I were just, our lives were just so unmanageable because of both of our diseases. And she stepped in a lot and I was not grateful and uh, never said thank you. And we haven't talked in 20 years. And I think probably that one is kind of, you know, in the pit of my stomach because I have to, you know, go through that whole, that whole thing again. And, um, but, um, yeah, I'm just, every day I just keep thinking of, you know, I have two alternatives, you know, to choose a spiritual solution or die an alcoholic death. And, um, you know, my disease has just, has definitely gotten worse over the years as long, you know, the more and more I avoided um, staying in the program. And, um, you know, I have made plans to move in six months across the United States and, um, you know, have a lot of fear with that. But I, I, I wanted to make an amends to my son for when... I was not living a normal life and he wasn't talking to me for a while, you know, and I was thinking about, you know, about the gentleman. Well, that's kind of cross talking, but, um, you know, my, my ex-husband, you know, my whole thing with him was, you know, the man never said once that he loved me. And, um, you know, I feel like I owe an amends to him, you know, because there were times that he would bring home stuff for me. And that was his way of telling me that he loved me, you know. My right. mother wasn't, a, thank you. My mother wasn't a, um, you know, a mushy kind of, you know, you're doing a great job kind of Marie, but she showed me that she loved me by doing certain things. Um, yeah, I just have a lot on my mind and I'm I'm, I'm grateful I have a sponsor and I'm, I'm grateful I got to, to share a little this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marie R. Okay, so who else would like to share on what we read on page 156, first paragraph? Chris C. Got time for NWH. All right, so we have Chris. Chris who? G. G and Ken Chris W.H. You guys can split it in half. All right, go ahead, Chris. Thank you. Uh, the shares were great today. Uh, uh, thanks, everybody. So um, I had an experience, I was asleep and the phone rang and I picked it up and this man uh, had made a wrong number and I, he woke me up. And so it, after I, after, you know, he got off the phone, I was thinking about what he said and his attitude. And I said, wow, what an example. He made a perfect, perfect amends because he took full responsibility for having woken me up, and he said, I apologize. He didn't say he was sorry. He didn't make any excuses. He didn't justify. He didn't say, I made a mistake. He said, I apologize. 
And I went to sleep thinking about a perfect amends. And then I, I woke up in the morning thinking about it. And I, and, I, and I thank God that God can give me examples of how other people uh, live the principles of the program in everyday affairs. And if I do it in the little things, maybe it'll be easier to do the big things. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Chris G. And Ken W.H., you're going to take us out. Please go ahead. Thanks, Amy. This is Ken W.H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from North Carolina. Um, amends. Well, <clears throat> a long time ago, <laughs> I started making amends, and uh, about three, three and a half, three or years and a few months ago, I started really living into amends in recovery in OA. I started in another program. I did amends. I stepped out. I was scared to death not to do it. And I went ahead and made amends, and they all went really pretty well. Uh, but the amend I really needed to make all those years was the one to my wife. And uh, for the last three-plus years, uh, I'm <laughs> fulfilling uh, that promise to make those amends. And um, she's been through it all with me, and she's hung hung in there, uh, almost like waiting for me to, to really get down uh, to deep honesty with myself first and, and God, and then being able to uh, be a regular kind of human being <laughs> to others, especially to her. And today we celebrate 52 years that we've been at uh, our relationship Marriage, it's actually been 57 that we've had a relationship, but married 52 years and uh, still making an amends and living in, into those amends and um, just simply rejoicing in what's possible. So uh, I'm just grateful to be here. Thanks. I pass. Well, those last two went quickly. All right, we're going to wrap things up. I'd like to thank everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, Monday, September 25th, 2023, is 20,672. That's 20672. We are now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Um, Kathy S., if you could please read a vision for you. Yes. Um, thanks, Amy. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.